With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, February 19th, and we are continuing our conversation with author, journalist, and podcast host, Mark Miller. Now, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, stop right now. Go listen to it and then come back to this because Mark and I did a really interesting deep dive into the Medicare system. And so many of you have questions about Medicare. And even if it's not for you, you should learn about this for your parents because I know I learned something. And every time I talk to Mark, there is something that I know I put in my head like, oh, I got to do that for mom. So if you're like me, you're taking care of your aging parents, this is a very important topic for you. Today, we are continuing our conversation with Mark. We're going to discuss his book and his feelings about long-term care insurance, about social security, and yep, we even touch on reverse mortgages. Here is more of our conversation with Mark Miller. When you think about that middle, I always call it like yeah. the donut hole of long-term care. Like you got 2 yeah. million bucks, you're going to self-insure. Right. You got less than, I don't know, three, 400,000. You'll probably spend some money down. That will stink, but you'll qualify for Medicaid. Is that middle there? Is that like an asset level middle? I think you have to think about it from an asset standpoint, since you're looking at taking a chunk of your savings and devoting it, or at least tagging it and saying, this money is available if I should need this, right? Mm-hmm. So- you know, that could be several hundred thousand dollars. Now, you look at the retirement savings landscape, and this is another key thing that motivated me to write the book. You break that out and sort of it's really the top 20% or so of households that have significant retirement savings. You know, the median for a household age 55 to 65 is about $140,000, but the median figure kind of masks what's really going on there, which is all the accumulation is in the really the mm-hmm. top 20 or 25%. So that's, those are the households that have the kind of assets that could protect them from this. I think for for the middle-class households, I, what I point to, I don't think, well, I'm not a big fan of long-term care insurance because I think it's so dysfunctional. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that this risk, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, maybe 25% of households are going to have a a really big need financially. Of course, nobody knows whether they'll be in that 25% or not. A lot of the care is, of course, and some people get care provided by a family member. You know, this, that's another way of, quote unquote, funding a long-term care need, but it's problematic and um, you know, it's not something everybody can rely on. I, I tell people that this question is one of the best reasons I can think of to delay a social security claim. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's Typically, women outlive men. They're more likely to incur a long-term care need for that reason. They're also more likely to be living on their own. And so 
a maximized, an optimized social security benefit can be really helpful there. And it's, of course, adjust the benefit is adjusted for inflation every year, as we just were reminded by this monster 8.7% cost of living adjustment for 2023. So, you know, having a, a maximized social security benefit can be really beneficial. You know, I'm not a big annuity person, but I do think there's one category of annuity that could be appropriate to help uh, mitigate long-term care risk. And that's these deferred income annuities where you Mm -hmm. purchase one in your 60s, let's say, at a greatly reduced rate with the expectation that nothing begins paying until maybe age 80 or 85. That's the kind of thing that if you then have a long-term care need, you know, a deferred income annuity might be a helpful way to meet those costs. That's a hard product to sell for behavioral economic reasons, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I might never see a dime of it. Well, the same is true with a long-term care insurance policy. It might or might not. I that, mean, that's not a good argument for not buying insurance. No, but it's also, it's like they're complex. I think the problem when you get to the annuity part is that it becomes a complex product with oh, a long-term care add-on, which always is like well, a little freaky, right? But that's a little different. That's the hybrid life insurance policy. Right. Number one, to afford it, you have to be wealthy. So what's the point? Now right. just self-insure. I think those hybrid life insurance policies are really a black box. They're hard to really understand. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm skeptical about them. But but they're aimed at ad- addressing that point that you just made. Well, at least I know I'll get a life insurance payout. But I don't know. I just think these hybrid products approach them with some skepticism because yeah, it's listen, hard to really pull apart the pieces and know what you're buying. But also, I think there is something to be said for like understanding that you he- – it's like – Someone's pointed this out to me recently. It's like you always hear the horror story, but the real like the real statistical information on which you can base a lot of your decisions is not that you are going to plow through $800,000 of your money. Of course, there are places where that happens. There are instances and families where that happens. That is the way outside uh, possibility and probability for most people. Right. right? So that's the other part of it. Like, I don't want to overstate it. Um, all right, let's move to social security, which ostensibly it should be an easier conversation to have because you no longer can do a lot of those funky claiming strategies that you used to do, but it's still very, it's crazy. It is really hard to manage this. So the one thing that we pound home always is like, please don't take social security early, but I presume that you also are aware and you talk about the fact that, you know, there are some people, they don't have a choice. That's like, that is it. They're 62 and they don't have enough money and they do have to start collecting. What percentage of individuals actually collect social security at 62? All but about 20% have claimed by their full retirement age, which these days is about 66. So a, a key fact here is that not enough people are delaying past that point. More people should be delaying past full retirement age to, to maximize the benefit. But I do know that number has been falling. In other words, more people are waiting at least till you know 63, 64. So that's a positive trend. But we'd like to see more people delaying further. And I agree with you. I think even though as a general point, you know, more people should be delaying. There can be good reasons for claiming at 62. Yeah. If you're if you're in poor health, you absolutely need the income. For married couples, it might make sense for the low earnings, lower earning spouse to claim a little earlier to start flowing some income into the household while the other one delays. The, the other point worth making about delay is that you have to fund your delay in the sense that you need income to live on 
if you're retired uh, while you delay. For married couples, especially, it's rare that both spouses retire at the same time. So maybe one spouse is continuing to work. That provides the income to live on, or at least partially live on while, while you delay. So there's lots of strategies that are available for people to delay. Thinking about Social Security as longevity insurance and the way we were just touching on with, with certainly with long-term care, but even more generally, just getting a guaranteed income source should you live well into your 90s that's inflation protected, underscore boldface, right? Yeah. Inflation protected. Show me where else you're going to get that. You can't. You can't. And you know, it was a great lesson when we got those COLA numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, I always laugh about this because I say, you know, I, I heard from people, they're like, well, I didn't get a big enough inflation adjustment to manage inflation last year, 2022. And I'm like, well, the flip side is you're going to get a bigger one in 23 <laughs> yeah. and they're yeah. not going to reduce it when the inflation rate starts to go down. Right. So, it all comes out. That all comes out in the wash. You totally, know, totally. Totally. And all this this debating about, well, is the current formula for the color the right one? And you can go back and forth on that and there might be some adjustments. But hey, the basic fact is you get an inflation adjustment that more or less is going to keep people even with inflation. We didn't always have it. A lot of people don't realize this, that we've only had the automatic cost of living adjustment since 1975. And before that, yeah, before people take it for granted now, but it's it was one of the most remarkable improvements, hundreds of improvements have been made to Social Security over the decades, but this is a big one. And before that, it was just kind of at the discretion of Congress to award cost of living increases, and they would sort of do it in fits and starts, and sometimes in big numbers, sometimes nothing at all. So to your point about the lag effect, you know, you might have, you know, during we had periods of very high inflation, people might be waiting several years for any kind of cost of living adjustment because Congress didn't get around to it for whatever reason. So changing it to this automatic formula is is huge. So, Mark, uh, there is also this kind of weird moment in time here where we see um, a lot of people experiencing a huge swell in equity in their homes. And, you know, pandemic acceleration and all that being said, um, but that may be someone's largest asset. And I'm wondering if your opinion around uh, reverse mortgages has changed, different rate environment, different amount of equity in homes. What's your opinion about the reverse mortgage? So I do a chapter in the book about home equity more broadly that includes reverses. And the reason I did that is that, as you say, it may be the largest asset for particularly for middle class household. So you have to at least ask the question, you know, is it appropriate to tap your home equity in retirement? And there's a number of ways of doing it. You know, you can start with the idea of downsizing, moving into something smaller, pocketing the difference, moving to a less expensive location, all those things. And I go through some detailed illustrations of what those options look like. Now, though, the problem with those options is that they are not as straightforward as selling a of more of a financial asset, you know, a liquid asset, because here it's all wrapped up in your your lifestyle choices, where you where you choose to live, you know, proximity to family and friends, the community you're in and and so on. And so, you know, we know that a lot of people say they aim to age in place. And so if that literally means staying in your house, that's whereas the reverse mortgage can come into play. Now, not a big fan of reverse mortgages. I think again, they're an example of a very complex product. Uh, and we make that people have to jump through hoops to to deal with properly. But the good news about reverses is that over the last 10 years or so, they have gotten to be a safer, better product due to 
improvements in the way that they're regulated, at least the federal program, the Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, or HECM for short, which is those are the federally insured reverse loans that are, that's what you want to look at. They generally nowadays are lines of credit, which is also better. You know, you're not drawing down in big lump sums. The thing to look out for with them is that the fees can be pretty high, uh, but they have gotten to be a safer product now. So I do include a a section of that chapter walking through in quite a bit of detail what those products are, how to navigate through them and you know, how to shop for one and so on. But, you know, with the caveat that it's not my favorite option in the in the toolbox. Mark, where else can people find all of your great information? Thank you. Uh, well, on my website, retirementrevised.com, you'll find, uh, number one, a link to sign up for my free newsletter that I publish sort of two or three times a month generally, which has, in the newsletter carries links to everything I'm doing. And the other thing I'll mention is that I did a podcast series about key themes of the book that are all published now. And there's links to that also on the website. I sort of touched, had guests on talking about some of these key themes like Medicare and Social Security and retirement planning to just sort of illuminate and um, some of these ideas that are in the book. So people may find that podcast series of interest. But those, I would start with the website and the newsletter. If you have questions about your financial life, could be retirement, could be anything else. We don't care. We'd love to hear from you. Just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on on the website, which is why you need to go back there often. Right now, you can buy my new book, The Great Money Reset. You can sign up for the free weekly newsletter and you can subscribe to our brand new service. It's called Jill on Money Live. You will have access to quarterly live webinars and more special content. You can learn all about it on the website. Our first webinar guest, only for subscribers to Jill on Money Live, will be Ed Slot. You'll be able to ask Ed Slot questions in real time. That is so cool. So check it out. It's our new service, Jill on Money Live. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 